Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about 2008's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You want to talk about a movie that was hyped in 2008 when this came out. It was like, wow, there's a new Indiana Jones movie. It's been so long. It's been like 20 years, you know? Um, and critics liked it. When it first came out, I was like, wow, Indiana Jones is back. And we all sat in the theater and walked out and went, oh. This was one of those movies that critics liked and fans went, okay. Well, it was okay. You know, there were things they didn't like. And I'll be getting into that. Um, the short version is I like this a lot better than I remembered. I really did. I, I finished and went, yeah, it wasn't so bad. Matter of fact, I, I might watch this again before I would watch uh, maybe Last Crusade. It's certainly much better than the second one, but nothing tops the first one. So most of the people had problems with uh, too much CGI. I would completely agree with that. Mickey, are you done? Thank you. Sorry, my dog was making a bed while I was trying to talk. So it had been a while since we had visited with Indiana Jones, and I tried, like I do these days, tried not to get into too many spoilers, but I did watch the trailers. I was very excited to see it. I saw it in the theater. I bought the Blu-ray. And the second time watching it, I just remember that was it. You know, I haven't watched it since. It's been all that time, 14 years. And so I get this 4K set of all the movies, and I'm going through them, and it's funny how it's a completely different order than I would have predicted I would place the movies in when we're done. If this had a few changes, this would probably be my second favorite Indiana Jones movie. Last Crusade, though. You know. So there will be more spoilers in this just because it's been out for a while. And, and to really talk about it, you got to really talk about a few things. So I thought the special effects, some of the CG was incredible. Like all the stuff with the atomic explosion in the beginning, really well done. Kind of has that sepia tone look. It looked like the time it was supposed to be late fifties. So many people have complained about the refrigerator. Yeah, he would have probably been pulped in the thing. But it's Indiana Jones, and if you deal with him, you know, falling off cliffs and and roller coaster rides and everything else that he's done in the last three movies, why did everybody have a problem with this? They flash to a scene that it's a lead lined refrigerator he should have been safe right <laughs> the force of the explosion if it could have pushed the thing that far it would have probably turned into mush on the inside but anyway i didn't have a problem with it because it worked and these movies are based on the old pulp novels of the 20s 30s and 40s i mean that was kind of the idea that you know the adventurer the archaeologist with the whip and the gun and and the fedora and the leather jacket and it's all kind of tongue-in-cheek. It has been from the beginning, from the very first frames of the very first one. It, you know, he picks up the the dart and tastes it, and it's got poison. And he drops it, and then the natives come up. Oh, it's poison. Oh, you know. Um, everything has just kind of been that larger-than-life, um, pulpy kind of thing. That's what they were going for. And watching this one now with, you know, when I saw it in 2008, it was obviously coming like the new Star Wars movies and the new Star Trek movies a long time after the last ones. And it's like, wow, we're just happy to have it. But now what, going back through and watching them years removed, over a decade removed from all of them, it's really not bad. The, the original story was probably very much in line with what we expect from the others. I think it just got a little out of hand. Spielberg used more CG in this movie than he did. In, you know, I mean, yes, he used a lot in 
Ready Player One and things like that, but there's no other way to do some of those. It's sad that they use so much in this because a lot of Indiana Jones up to this point were practical effects. Even the mind chase scene um, back in uh, Temple of Doom, miniatures and stuff were used. They didn't CG any of it. So that by the end, it turns into a bit of a CG mess. There's that. And now we get into the real spoilers, that the whole big bad thing was aliens. Okay, not aliens, but dimensional beings that look like our aliens. Okay. I mean, yes, the first one gave us Nazi ghosts or ghost-killing Nazis, and um, the second one, we've had some magic, you know, and third one, we had more ghosts. And I was fine with all that. And I... I really don't have a problem with it. It's just kind of like that. That just that was that solved the MacGuffin, and and then it was over. It, it's not like we learned anything, or I mean, after it was over, they just kind of continued on. Like this is kind of major to find out that this even exists, that there's a future and other dimensions, and and they've been in contact. And oh no, we just go back to you know doing Indiana Jones stuff. Hmm. The other big problem I had with it personally was Shia LaBeouf. Now watching it now. I'm not, I've never been the biggest fan. I think he's a good actor, and he's one of those good actors that I'm just not a fan of. I mean, he's he's fine, and he's been really great in several movies, and he was good in this. But he, he, I know he was playing a cocky character who, you know, figured he was going to wind up as Indiana Jones, and then they softened him in the middle, and I don't know. It just it it probably too much Shia LaBeouf modern colored my vision of his playing that role, but he does look good in the role and and he was fine. I just, it seemed like another case of trying to uh, inject some younger audience into the movie. And I know maybe, maybe they were thinking of handing off the, the, the whip and fedora to a new generation, but fortunately it didn't work out that way. So didn't have a big problem watching the, the refrigerator scene. And I thought the atomic explosion looked amazing. It, it, I don't know that he should have been standing quite as close as he was, but we don't know how far the thing was pushed. And Anyway, it looked good. It looked like it would be in a pulp novel from the day. Um, Shia LaBeouf was fine. I just it, That just felt like it was forced into the movie. Let's have a younger him. Let's have a son. It, and it turns out it's his with Marion. Awesome to see her back. And I thought she was great in the movie. I thought she played the same character. She did wonderfully. Um was she really integral to the role or to the movie, to the plot? Not really, but, you know, if you're going to make a sequel to a movie, if this is the fourth one and you can bring back one of the stars from the first one who hasn't been in any of the others, I think that's great. And she did a great job. Um, Kate Blanchett. I mean, she's always a good bad guy to say it. I mean, she, no matter what she's been in, whether she's chewing scenery in a Thor movie or something a little more subdued like this, although she chews a little bit of scenery in this too, um, she plays bad very well. She's a good actress. Everybody else in the movie is good, too. And it does have a lot of Indiana Jones. What what we have come to know is his house. You know, they spend some time there, uh, more time at the school. And the school looks the same in every single movie. Kudos to the continuity people who keep that looking exactly the same. Good job. Because watching them back to back to back, I would notice if, like, the classroom is radically changed. But no, classroom pretty much the same from the first one. I'm sure it's different, but it looks really good. And like all the other movies, it's impeccably directed by Steven Spielberg. I mean, the chase scenes, he does some things with the camera in and out of the cars. And again, a a little bit too much trickery and not enough practical stuff. But the practical stuff is amazing. 
it plays out well. It's got good pacing. I mean, there's a few issues. I don't know. Somebody complained about some of the historical stuff, but this is Indiana Jones. I don't go to this for historical stuff. Um, I was going to talk about the story, uh, the review bombing Moon Knight over one phrase the bad guy says about a, a genocide that's controversial to certain people. And it's just like, really? You're going to review bomb a whole show for one line that a bad guy threw out? He was probably crazy when he threw it out. Just saying. People complained about this one, too. Uh, who expects a Hollywood movie to be historically accurate? Unless it's something called, like, Lincoln, the life of Lincoln. Okay, that, make it historia historically accurate. But you're watching Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Go with it. It doesn't have to be historically accurate. It's going to have aliens at the end. So... It was kind of obvious, especially when they, they find the crystal skull. It's like, and he, they make the thing that they, those tribesmen would wrap the heads of the infants and their heads grow elongated. That's true, but we all, you could look at it and go, alien. It was an alien. It was obviously an alien. Come on, it's an alien. Um, and then what they do with it and the technology, and if you stare at it, it gets into your head. I, mm, this sounds like a an idea that could have been refined a little bit better. I don't know. Indiana Jones is so grounded, even with the ghost stuff. And then in, in the first one, the Nazis, and the ghosts are swirling around and electrifying everybody. It's still fairly grounded. When it's over, everything goes back in the thing and they take, put the arc away and that's it. You know, it, it all makes logical sense. This is, well, these guys have been visiting for how many hundreds or thousands of years and we gave them their skull back and the and the different bodies turned into one body and then they kind of told them that we, we come from this other dimension and then they whisked away in their flying saucer and and then everything just kind of returned to normal. I don't know. It Again, I, I sound like I'm bashing the movie. I really enjoyed it. I, I was expecting to put this on and go, oh man, this is like the worst one. It's not. It's actually pretty good um, with those caveats. I, I really, they could have come up with a better MacGuffin than, the, than dimensional beings. Shia LaBeouf was just okay. Um, I don't know who else they could have picked to be young Indy, you know, Indy's son, but he was okay. I just, you know, it was fine. I thought she was great. I thought everybody else in the movie was great. And I thought Spielberg's direction was awesome. I just, they, too much CG. I, maybe they ran out of time to do things practically. Obviously, the flying saucer stuff, they had to do it. But 2008, we just weren't quite there yet. That looks like CG. Some of the other stuff, the, the atomic explosion looked really good. Some of the other things blended really well. Some of the big stuff at the end did not. It just it, it just looked like what we have today on some of the big CG fests when these movies end. It's just, wow, a lot of pretty colors thrown at my face for the last 15, 20 minutes. But. So all in all, I would call this somewhere between my second and third favorite Indiana Jones movie. We'll see what the fifth one holds. Um, they have supposedly finished filming on it, and it's coming out in the near future, in the next year or so. Hopefully it has a lot of practical effects. I, I think they took a big, you know, they took some pretty big hits on the, all the CGI stuff. And we're much better at CGI now anyway. But if this is going to be the last one with Harrison Ford, which they've said this is kind of his last rise, getting too old to play the role, let's send him out, you know, with a classic feeling. I don't know, this one took place in the late 50s. I don't want him to go much further. Let's not have a 70s Indiana Jones. Well, we'll see what happens. 
anyway, if you pick up the 4K set, all four movies look better than they've ever looked. I have zero complaints about the transfers or the Dolby Atmos soundtracks. This one sounds the best. It's the most modern of them. So it has a much more active mix. But all four have Dolby Atmos mixes that are that will push your system a little bit. Um, they're just not the same as like putting in Dune today. The 2022 Dune will rock your house. Um, but these are very good. Very directional, um, very clear. Movies look and sound great. There's a plethora of extras. I didn't even really talk about that. Most of, There's some extras on the 4Ks. Most of the extras are on the Blu-rays, and the set comes with an extra Blu-ray. As I said in the first review, this is available. The set is available in the United States in a couple of versions. You can get the Steelbook version, where you basically get the four movies on 4K disc, and you get a bonus disc. Then there's a box set of all four movies that's not Steelbook, and you get nine discs. You get all the movies on 4K and Blu-ray plus the bonus disc. I bought the UK Steelbook version, which costs less than the U.S. non-Steelbook version, and I got the nine discs. I got Blu-rays and 4Ks and the bonus disc, and they all play perfectly fine in my U.S. player. I have a Sony disc player that's set to my region, um, I recently got uh, Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies is a fun little horror comedy if you haven't seen it. Uh, Lionsgate put it out in 4K several years ago, and now it's out of print here in the United States. So the only way to pick it up if you want the 4K version, which I'll be reviewing it soon. It's not a superb 4K, but it's pretty good. It is an upgrade. Um, you have to buy a foreign version because, like I said, it's it's out of print here in the United States. You just can't buy it for like under 80 bucks. So I got the Steelbook version, and it's a Studio Canal, which a lot of their Blu-rays are region-coded not to work in the United States, and this one is. And they told you on the Zavi website that you know if you order this, the 4K is region-free, but the disc is not. Well, I own the movie on Blu-ray, so I wasn't worried about the, whether or not the Blu-ray, but I wanted it in 4K, um, and it was a really cool Steelbook, so why not? So anyway, these are released by Paramount, and they were region-free on both the Blu-rays and the 4K. So if you want to pick it up, Zavi.com. Z-A-A-V-I, or is it Z-A-V-V-I? Yeah, anyway. Uh, they don't pay me for this, so I don't have to get it right, right? I would go there. It's cheaper to get them from there, plus you get them in steelbooks, and you get all nine discs. It's a really great set, and I'm glad I revisited it. Of all of the Indiana Jones movies, the last one I will ever pull out to watch is Temple of Doom, and I would not have ever thought I would say that. But that one just, it, it's one long chase. It really doesn't have much movie there. There's plenty of mystery and grit in the other three. You know, there's plenty of things to find out and discover and travel. I love the old-fashioned plane traveling across the map scenes they do. That's how the menus are set up on all the discs. Uh, all in all, I give really high marks to the set. It's a great set. I would like the soundtracks to be a hair better, but I think this is all you can do with the age of what you have. They really sound great for their age. They just don't match up to modern. Video-wise, though, they look incredible. Best they've ever looked. They look like modern movies, so enjoy. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It is available in box sets with all the Indiana Jones movies. They are starting to release them separately. Uh, in the United States, we're getting a Ra Raiders of the Lost Ark steelbook. You will only get a 4K and a digital copy with that. No Blu-ray. Um, it's right about 25 bucks right now. Uh, Pre-orders going. It comes out this summer. I imagine they will release the other separately. Um, they're starting to do that with the Jurassic Park movies. They originally came out in one big set, and now you'll be able to get them separately too. So 
Who knows what's going to happen with the future of home video, as I always recommend. If you like these movies, if they're some of your favorite of all time, go buy them and put them in your collection. That way you'll always be able to watch them and not have to rely on streaming services. So overall, Indiana Jones, all four movies are worthy to get on 4K. Really glad I picked up the set. Looks good on my shelf. Um, Big fan of the movies. Can't wait for the fifth one. Fingers crossed. Scott Hamilton, I'm Rockfile. My links are below. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Have a spectacular day.